1: Canada's Game of the Week in the Canadian Football League. Friday, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Ottawa Red Blacks. Montreal at Calgary. The Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Toronto Argonauts. The one I'm most interested in the result is the BC Lions at the Edmonton Elks. If Edmonton wins that game, and I haven't even looked at the point spread yet, it's chaos in the CFL West standings if Edmonton wins this game. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. It sure is. Thank you, Rick Regan. Welcome to the RP Show coming to you from beautiful Lush, and I thought it was going to be sunny South Florida. Hopefully it will be soon. We're off and running with episode number 1086 of your favorite daytime sports talk show here on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio spotify apple and youtube live darren moose dupont joins us he is in the nhl's bermuda triangle and uh, yeah i didn't know whether to cover up the jeep or not moose Uh, and so i did not i looked at the weather it was supposed to be sunny and 31 all afternoon and now it started sprinkling so i'm just going to put this caveat out here uh if that is a caveat how about a warning if i have to duck for cover because of rain be prepared to take over Cause it from time gotcha. to time happens, as you know. Okay. Other than that, we're good to go. The guests today are the radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Josh gets is going to join us very early on in NHL training camps. The voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh gets and our good friend, Greg Zahn, World Series champion, host of the Zahn Tourage and former sports net great. Those are the guests. The stuff I want to get to is in the quick six. So can you hit the show horn, please? <laughs> director jordan and we'll go as always if anything tickles your fancy fire us a text at 902-518-3033 the text lines brought to you by emj marketing they will find the perfect keynote speaker for your event look up joe at emjmarketing.com aside from all the other stuff that everybody's talking about i need your help darren and the audience we're very early getting into audience takeover here in participation i need an nfl viewing guide and i'm going to tell you why. It was one thing that you caught me with my pants down on Monday. I thought your Titans oh, lost no. to the L.A. Chargers. They had a five-point lead, the Chargers, I think, with three minutes to go. I'm like, oh, this is over. And then this morning outside the gym, my good friend Chris Sanford, who's a very big fan of this show but also of the Cats and Bolts podcast, Serena and I, the podcast we host about the Panthers and the Lightning, he wanted to put a uh, chicken sandwich on the game tonight. And I'm like, he the Giants in San Francisco 49ers and I'm like Chris your Giants are 0-2 man Do you want to keep giving he's like no we're not we won last week I'm like what I was watching one of those panel shows on CBS or, or NBC Sunday and the Giants were getting clobbered by the Cardinals late in the game and here's another game the Giants came back and won so I, I don't know I feel like I just got to wait till Monday morning and get up and check the score app to see who won these wild games how do you watch? NFL on Sunday to stay on top of everything.
2: I know. I I usually watch the Titans um, if they're not playing or something else. Red Zone's been pretty good to try and follow everything, but you get mixed up so much with this game and that game, and I don't remember who had the late touchdown and who did that a couple minutes ago. So while it's entertaining, I got to check the score app Sunday night, Monday morning, just to be on top
1: of who won every game. You know, and what's interesting about that, pardon me, if anybody doesn't have the score app, download it. Obviously, I have a personal affinity for the score. I used to work there along with a lot of my great friends. Pretty much anybody who's good in the broadcast industry, yourself excluded because you're not old enough, Darren, work for the score. But they put out an ad the other day. I don't know if you saw it. It says, the goat of sports apps. And I'm like, you are, you are. They are not bragging or cocky by saying that. They are the OG. They're the GOAT. They're everything when it comes to sports apps. Man, I'm on it multiple times a day. So I, just, I think that's what it is. I just got to follow on the Score app and just wait till all the games end. Which, by the way, coming up, we had a lot of CFL talk, obviously, because it is September. I'll say this. I was reading the game notes, which I love. It's one of the highlights of my week is reading the game notes for the upcoming games and the CFL. And you were talking about no leads are safe and comebacks. The BC Lions scored 20 points in two minutes and six seconds last week to beat Ottawa. And the Edmonton Elks scored 10 points, yeah, 10 points in 80 seconds to beat the Saskatchewan Roughriders uh, in that game. Just absolute wildness. Man in pro football right now. Maybe tomorrow, when we have more time on a football Friday, we'll examine why this is happening. But we move on to point two. Kevin Gosman tossed six shutout innings out pitching Michael King as they traded strikeouts all night, and the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Yankees 6 1 for their fifth consecutive victory. And da, 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 da. Locked in a heated playoff race, the Blue Jays scored five times in the final two innings and stayed a game ahead of Texas and Seattle for the second American League wild cards. I can't believe I have never seen a Blue Jays season because we follow it casually where you think they're out, then you think they're in, then you think they're out. My gosh, at at least this madness is going to end soon. And I think it will for Aaron Boone, too. The Yankees skipper was ejected in the second inning by plate umpire Lance Barrett for arguing balls and strikes. It was the seventh ejection this year for Boone, who has been tossed 33 times in six seasons as a big league skipper, all with New York. Is he going to be fired or not? i got to think he will be. Yes or no?
2: Yeah. I I don't know. I I like Aaron Boone. I think they like him in New York, and they don't just make hastily decisions around the Yankees, but the results haven't been there. This is a massive underperformance this year when a team was thought to be a contender for the World Series. So I don't know, but I would lean towards, yeah, he'll
1: probably be gone. Last year, Aaron Judge becomes the home run king, and I think I've heard his name twice all year. Injured at the All-Star game, right? He just... Yeah, what happened? And by the way, lot of shine is off the Vladdy star too, I might add. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was a late scratch from the Blue Jays lineup Wednesday night against the Yankees because of right knee discomfort. He had an MRI during the game, and the team expects to know more today. The slugger had been slated to bad third as the DH for the Blue Jays. That's another one. People jumping off the Vladdy train. Choo-choo. Love the kid. All-star again. Won the home run derby. What he had done for me lately. That's sports. And to point three, you had to do a little studying on this. This I'll be honest, this came across my timeline because with my subscription to the Canadian press, this headline popped out. Tampa Bay Lightning captain Steven Stamkos said he's disappointed <clears throat> about the lack of discussions with the team about a new contract. Stamkos' current $68 million eight-year deal ends after this season, and he said there have been no conversations about an extension. He's a Toronto kid. Everybody knows that. So I, they're perked up in Toronto, I would think, over this story. Stamkos said, quote, to be honest, I'm disappointed in the lack of talk in that regard. It was something that I expressed at the end of last year that I wanted to get something done before training camp started. Bolts GM Julian Breezebois said it would be great if Stamkos could spend his entire career with the team, but indicated there won't be any talks until after the season. You wanted to go get some background on this because clearly this isn't front page news. What I'm finding in Florida when it comes to the NHL, news happens here. And if it hits the light of day at all, it usually doesn't. But it's at least 24 hours later. Okay, so Stammer said this. The other day, and now I saw my good friend Pierre Lebrun has jumped on this story. He was like, huh? Is it a tempest in a teapot, do you think, or not? This is the face of the franchise. Multiple Stanley Cup winner. Toronto kid. Is it just posturing? Do you think, Darren? Or do they have big problems brewing in Tampa Bay?
2: I'm gonna lean and I, and I don't usually go the, like this far, but I think they got problems in Tampa. Um, I read the release and, and the uh, the article and the quotes, and I didn't like what I read. Stamco said, I can't write my own contract. That's not a good sign. Um, Brisewa, uh is quoted in the release saying, Stephen and I have this, and this isn't the exact quote, but Stephen and I have the same goal of bringing another cup to Tampa. Not of having the same goal of having... Stamkos finishes career in Tampa. It's of bringing another cup, and he said he wants to see the season, see where the pieces fall, see how the cap situation is. And I read into that: you want to see where, where Stevens at? How many points does he put up? Does he fit into your long term plans? They have cap problem, and all of the quotes from Julian Breswa in that press release didn't scream to me: this is your face of the franchise. This is the guy who's leading the way. You're you're wondering: we don't know where he fits in. And Stamkos is kind of feeling like an afterthought here. And I just didn't like the way it came. It it sounded to me when I read
1: it. Well, I went and looked it up. He's played 81 games the last two seasons. So he's been durable of late. He's over a point per game. He's the captain of the team, face of the franchise. I would have thought he's still in the territory of give him what he wants. Right. You know, and it's not unreasonable based on what other guys are getting paid right now. I understand he's 34. It's not that young, but it's not that old. I don't think he's out of the prime of his career. So anyways, let's take it to the streets. The daily poll question today for Key Auto Group is... Uh, well, with the Key Auto Group, I should tell you, most vehicles receive a lifetime engine warranty guaranteed. Go to keyautogroup.ca slash Advantage for eligibility and maintenance requirements. The Key Auto Group here to take care of you... Poll question is, do you think Steven Stamkos finishes his career as a Tampa Bay Lightning? I voted yes, and the last I saw on Twitter, the results were around 50-50. Clark, is there an update on YouTube, what they're saying? I know we're only 10 minutes into the show here, but what are they saying there? Did I lose, Clark? 64% saying yes that he will finish his career as a Tampa Bay Lightning and I just think that it is posturing I I don't really understand this stuff Um, I do want to move on I don't want to spend a ton of time on this Darren but I I just don't understand I mean you run this show historically and uh, you give me what I want (laughs) I walked into your office two years ago and I said I want to move to Florida I'm moving to Florida and you said, okay, here's your equipment. See ya. Right? Like, if you were running the Tampa Bay Lightning, do you not give Steven Stamkos what he wants? I thought with the face of the franchise, and I'm sorry, it is the Rod Peterson show. I think you want to keep the, these people happy.
2: You know? Yeah. You, or no. Do. Um, <clears throat> the one thing about it is Tampa hasn't had a very favorable cap situation in the last few years. We had Kucherov on long-term injury reserve. They've had to bounce guys around Vasilevsky at times. So the cap situation is not great, but everybody is kind of locked in. One thing I read in there, too, Hedman is going to be due for a contract extension. So Julian brieswa does have a, a bit of a tough situation trying to make everybody fit. And maybe part of it is having that conversation about, you know, is Stamkos, if he wants to finish his career, how much of a discount will he take to do it? Um, and. Julian Breezewa didn't draft St- Stephen Stamkos, right? That was the Eiserman era, I believe, in Tampa when he came in. So I don't know if, if Stamkos yeah. is a Breezewa guy, you know? Um, but yeah, he's the captain. He's won the Stanley Cup. He wasn't in the one playoff run, but he came back. He's your leader of the team. He had 85 points last year. Stephen Stamkos should be at Tampa Bay Lightning, and it's kind of inexcusable that it wasn't a priority to at least have a discussion with him about his contract.
1: Doesn't make him feel very good. And I don't know if he's an old-school player or new-school player, whereby he needs to be happy to be productive. Uh, interesting of what's going on in Tampa Bay. From the uh, text line, EMJ Marketing text line. Hi, Rod. It's Kirk in Toronto. I miss Greg Zahn on the Blue Jays telecast. I'll enjoy your interview with him. Thank you. That's coming up in Hour 2. Brian in Bozizur, Manitoba, watching on Game Plus TV, says... Uh, he says, I have the score app and I couldn't agree more. Oh, I I don't know what I would do without it. I would move on, is what I would do, but right now I really enjoy having it. He also says good day to the RP groupies, better known as the Rod Squad. Can't wait for my daily fix of the Rod Peterson show. Better than that apple to keep the dock at bay. <laughs> that is the same. Brian and Beauceur, Manitoba. Thank you, Brian. And Bomber Boy, who is in Calgary. Writes in and says, NHL training camp, opening day. Hope springs eternal for 31 NHL teams today. Well, there's 32 teams, so who's the one team that has no hope? (laughs) That's what he wrote. 31 teams. I'll wait. Uh, By the way, sad, yeah, somewhat sad news out of Calgary today. I put it in my sports update, but I'll read it now. Make sure that I have it. I got some breaking news today in the sports update and the one thing is following Wednesday's medical and fitness testing it was determined that Oliver Shillington is unable to participate in the opening of training camp today as this is a private personal matter no further information will be provided so that's it's a really big deal in Calgary and for obvious reasons that Oliver Shillington hasn't played the last at least year maybe two and he won't be starting the season with the flames it's an odd and sad situation from what i understand our hockey coverage by the way is brought to you by common crown brewing company head down to the tap room on 28th street northeast in calgary thursday through saturday noon to 8 p.m the bar is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, noon to eight. They have their own bar there. So head on down and sample it, Common Crown Brewing, and check them out ahead of time at commoncrownbrewing.ca. Uh, when we come back, deal or no deal for the Canadian Football League Week 16? If you don't know what that is, hang on. I know we have a lot of new viewers. Got a lot of takes on Week 16 games in the CFL, not to mention our picks. Uh, preview of Thursday Night Football. Giants at 49ers. I want to talk a little dub, a little Canada West. And Lionel Messi did play for Inter-Miami last night. And guess what? They won. They beat Toronto FC for Cobb down there at the uh, Pink and Black Stadium. Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. We'll be right back. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Collectors, register for the premier sports card convention where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and 30th, end October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at premiersportscardcon.ca. Don't wait until the weekend out. Check it out today, premiersportscardcon.ca. You love uh, the collectibles, the sports cards. Head on up to Red Deer or down to Red Deer, wherever you are geographically. And check them out. We're talking sports from paradise here. Uh, Darren Moose DuPont, same thing. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And as you see, uh, Moose, hang on as I bring up my feed here. But, But where the hell is it? Ah. It is time to play CFL Deal or No Deal. Hang on. I didn't put on the robe, but I do have the crown. I figured I was wearing the Bet Regal shirt anyways, so you would get the drift, right? You don't good. necessarily need the robe. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Kind of know what I'm doing. On the throne, Let you me get wear the... the
2: robe, and when you go out about town, you wear the golf shirt and that crown. Exactly.
1: This outfit travels. Okay. <laughs> It's time to play CFL Dealer No Deal from our official betting partner, Bet Regal, where I give the point spreads for the week's CFL games. Darren decides whether he takes the bet or not, and I decide whether I agree or not. Let's go. It's a doubleheader Friday night, Moose, beginning with Saskatchewan at Ottawa. The Rough Riders are favored by two. Ottawa's lost seven in a row. The point spread is two points for Saskatchewan. favored. Dealer no deal.
2: I'm going to go no deal. Ottawa, despite the loss last week, played better. Um, They were actually in a pretty good spot a lot of that game. And Saskatchewan has struggled on the road. So they lost at home. Um, Things aren't trending the right way. going to be a really good game, though.
1: Uh, I'm taking the deal. Sask will win. Ottawa seems like a broken team to me. Sorry. Game of the week, BC at Edmonton. Lions favored by six and a half. Deal or no deal?
2: No deal. Uh, Too much magic in Edmonton right now, and I just think that's too big of a spread for how good Edmonton's played.
1: No deal for me either. we got to speed it up. Montreal at Calgary Saturday. The Alouettes, one-point road favorites at McMahon. Deal or no deal? No deal. I'll take Calgary. Uh, I'm taking the deal because I'm a Fajardo fan. I think it's going to happen. I bet on Calgary too much. They keep losing. Can't do it anymore. I'm taking the Owls. And Hamilton at Toronto, your game of the week. Toronto favored by 9.5 at BMO. 9.5. Deal or no deal? No deal. I think it'll be closer than that. I'm not taking the deal either. Everybody, check out betregal.net. Sign up and start playing for free. Our official betting partner. Boom. You know, Darren, I was just trying to fit that inside a two-minute Twitter clip. So now you can talk about it for as long as you want. Um, <laughs> I didn't know exactly what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I know I wasn't trying to be rude here. If I'm trying to be rude, you'll know. Um, I want to talk a little more about the Sask Ottawa game. Uh, I get reading the game notes, and now all you CFL fans ignite. It's CFL time. Bring it all in here on the RP show on this Thursday. We've covered all the other leagues for the most part. I love you, Ryan O'Radio. He says, King Rod, king of sports talk radio. Oh, boy. That's Ryan O'Radio from WQEE in Atlanta. Carries our show daily live. We are the uh, official NHL show of Atlanta. I love that. I was talking to the Panthers about that the other day. We're making the Florida Panthers Atlanta's NHL team. I had to make the Panthers aware of that. Right? Right? They wonder why it was important that we covered so much Panthers when we're on the radio in Atlanta. I'm like, they don't have a team. So anyways, uh, where was I? CFL Moose. In the game notes, I want to know what you think about this. Yeah, well, here we go. Another Twitter clip. You look at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they're favored by two at Ottawa. Ted and Deer says the Riders better win by at least two. It doesn't matter what the spread is. It doesn't matter. But, Kelly Jeffrey has got to be given some credit here as the offensive coordinator of Sask in his first year. Third string quarterback, they got three receivers on pace to be thousand yard receivers. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, how about it? We don't even know their names. On the flip side, the defense was supposed to be carrying this team. And Ottawa and Saskatchewan have given up the two most points in the entire Canadian Football League. I feel like I kind of expect that out of Ottawa. I don't know what's going on there. And I do feel sorry for their fans because this has gone on far too long. When I say they're a broken team, they had a fight in practice the other day. That's not a team coming together. I don't think. So... There's two teams with a lot of problems (laughs) meeting at Lansdowne. TD Place on Friday night. That's what I think. It's 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 a train wreck. You got to tune in for that.
2: Well, it's going to be something Um, in Saskatchewan, as you talked about before. You know, starting to feel their playoff situation not be quite so secure. You know, out in the West, Calgary has stumbled. That helps, but Edmonton is surging. So you you need to lock down a playoff spot. Forget about trying to get home field right now. You just got to make sure you get into the dance. But you're right. We don't talk at all about Kelly Jeffrey and about the job he's done as the offensive coordinator for the Riders. Um, I know running the ball, they're middle of the pack. But yeah, they're on their third string quarterback. And look what they've been able to accomplish. And they're likely still going to get into the playoff. Um, And if they accomplish that and, and, geez, win a game, um, it's a great job because this offense is been an offense that struggled for the last few seasons so he should have a lot of credit for what's going on in Saskatchewan
1: dabbling in the comments section Uh, thanks for your thoughts Monty in Saskatoon says pick Saskatchewan Uh, Max Hardwick says long live the king I agree That's why I work out every day. It was a particular tough workout at Orange Theory Fitness today. The coach was a real ball buster. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, good. Rod's picking the Riders and the Alouettes. That means the Red Blacks and Stamps will most certainly win. He's a very, very successful troller. He's so good. I know what you're doing, Jeff. You might also be right. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the Riders would hate it when I pick them to win. Because just about every time I do, they don't. Although I did on the Labor Day Classic. Um, but it's, it's a team that you don't know what you're going to get. James in Border, Manitoba said, Sask had a great defense when their quarterbacks played poor. Now that they're playing well, the defense disappears. I don't really know what's going on. In that locker room, nor what that's a signal of. I don't know. But again, tell all your friends. We're talking CFL right now. You folks want it. And as our CEO Joe Gunna says, fish where the fish are. That's what our audience wants. You got to give them what they want. You look at the CFL stretch drive. We are in it, man. Um, I don't like getting into the math. We've established I'm terrible at it. If Sask had won last week against Edmonton, they can almost put their heels up the rest of the way. Now they're not. You just said it. Their playoff positioning is in jeopardy. It's like if they win this week, they still don't clinch. The Riders don't. they got to go to Calgary and win, if I read that right. And on the flip side, Hamilton getting their act together has really thrown a wrench into things, too. They're not supposed to be winning with their third-string quarterback, Taylor Powell, who is this guy. Ottawa's not with Dustin Crum, but... Because you got three teams in the mix in the East, I'm including Toronto in that, even though they've won the crown already. Darren, there's probably not going to be a crossover berth this year. And to be honest, I I think Western teams go into the year thinking there's going to be four spots in the West. There generally always is. And this year, it doesn't. Do you think there'll be a crossover berth based on the standings?
2: I don't. I don't. um at all i think montreal needs to make sure they win some games down the stretch so does hamilton um, both teams to you know ensure this is going to be the case but i think this is good for the canadian football league you know um you're right i think the west yeah. just sits there and especially as fans and commentators on the league we chalk it up and say okay there's going to be four teams which one western team's not going to make the playoffs and which two in the east but the East being balanced this year with the West, I think is really, really good for the Canadian Football League. And I'm curious to see oh, yeah. you know, who's going to be out in the West because it's not often. There's two teams on the outside looking in.
1: I, I know this is what a lot of people came here for today is the CFL talk. We do more of it tomorrow, but I can't let this go by. Ted in Red Deer says the Riders aren't on their third string quarterback. Dola Gala is better than fine. They made a mistake in training camp ranking them. I'm sorry, Ted, but that's why they're the coaches, and you're not. If Jake Dolagala was the second-string quarterback, he'd have been starting Touchdown Atlantic. I'm sorry. You can't go back now. Number one was Trevor Harris. He got hurt. Number two was Mason Fine. He got hurt. So then they went to Jake Dolagala. He's the third-string quarterback, so don't try and put any other spin on it because you can't. Robin in Prince Albert writes it and he says, what do the riders do with Trevor Harris next season if Dolagala continues to do well? Uh, that is not a conversation I'm interested in having today. Not here. Darren in Utah says, does Rod use the Costanza effect? <laughs> do the opposite of what you feel is right? Sometimes. Absolutely sometimes. I do. And that's why I know this show is growing. Like, listen, everybody, if you can just have, uh, allow me a micro local moment. And Darren understands this. When I was doing my old radio show, The Sports Cage, we had an agri on the CKRM radio in Regina, we had a agricultural director by the name of Jim Smalley. Think Les Nesman with red hair. And uh, he couldn't get over the things that I would say on the radio every day. He's like, Roddy. Did you ever meet Smalley? You must have, Darren. You must have met him over the time. Yeah. He's like, Roddy, you break what? every rule of, of news and talk radio. You break every rule. And yet your ratings keep going up. Uh, yeah, Jim, it's the only way I know how to do it. So now with this show, I do a little bit of the opposite of what you would think or certainly most everybody would do. And the ratings continue to go up and we're now in two million more homes <laughs> i've got establishments writing me from across canada so they're walking in and seeing us on the tv i'm like i don't know why. why 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 the hell would you listen or watch this i have no idea why you would you know what i mean we're breaking every rule everybody's talking about the nhl today why aren't you i don't know oh Ted says, by the way, he's trolling as well. Ted and Red Deer. He says, oh, yeah, I can. The only thing is, I was hoping for a Roy Shivers story. I was thinking about Shiv this morning. The former Rough Riders general manager and Hall of Fame personnel man. uh, Well, here's, here's one. How is he not in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Plaza of Honor? I don't even like him and he doesn't even like me let's just say it the way that it is but i think he should be in there so why don't you ask the rough riders why he's not in there i'll wait because of childish immature grudges from joseph david in the chat says rod has no master that's not entirely true but mostly true moose i'm gonna let you go i I purposely left some of the quick six topics out we'll get to them when you come back later an hour or two you bet see you then all right we will be talking some nhl is josh lined up yet clark or should i do a sports update now what do you think okay here's what we got going on i said we had some breaking news and i'll get to that in a second number one though The Toronto Blue Jays look to complete a three-game sweep of New York with a win tonight at Yankee Stadium. The Jays picked up their fifth in a row on Wednesday night with a 6-1 win. It's Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole tonight. Jays one game up on Texas and Seattle for the second of three American League wildcard bursts. Here's the breaking news from the National Lacrosse League. The Saskatchewan Rush will face the Calgary Roughnecks in the first ever professional lacrosse game in southern Saskatchewan. On Saturday, November 25th, the two NLL clubs will take part in a preseason game at the Moose Jaw Event Center. Ticket presales will be available to Rush season ticket holders on September 28th at 10 a.m. The Moose Jaw Event Center is home to the Western Hockey League's Moose Jaw Warriors and seats 4,460 spy spectators as 21 private suites and 132 club suites. It's, it's a real beauty, Clark. As you know. Approved. And from, yeah, and from the Flames camp following... Wednesday's medical and fitness testing was determined that Oliver Shillington's unable to participate in the opening of training camp. And as this is a private personal matter, no further information will be provided. Our sports update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment featuring their core five. Good company, Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Coppersmith Brown Ale. Four of which sit below 5% ABV making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. We'll return in a moment to the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. MJ marketing text line is full with your comments. We'll get to those and the key auto group poll is an interesting one. Fifty two percent saying no Steven Stamkos is not going to finish his career with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He said he's upset at the lack of contract talks said that on the day before training camp i'm sure everything is running smooth in pittsburgh with penguins training camp as we welcome their outstanding radio voice josh Getzoff. hey josh welcome back to the program can you give me the vibe around the brand new training camp in pittsburgh i'm sure it's got to be excitement
3: Yeah, Rod, thank you, and uh, great to be back with you again. I I think excitement probably is the the correct word when it comes to the vibe here in Pittsburgh right now. Um, And that starts at the top. I mean, it began with Kyle Dubas coming on board earlier this summer as the president of hockey operations and the general manager. Uh, And then you talk about the moves that he made within his department, the moves that he made within his lineup, uh, and the roster additions here. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of optimism. And I think those are probably the two buzzwords that kind of highlight this day one of training camp here today.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, how much of a boost is it going to be? Obviously, you mentioned the general manager, but Eric Carlson as well. Like I'm talking a jump up in the standings you guys missed last year, cost some people their jobs. What's the expectation this year, do you think, with with the Norris Trophy winner coming into town?
3: Well, anytime you can add a Norris Trophy winner, I think that immediately your expectations get lifted, even if you didn't make the playoffs last year. But to add a guy like Eric Carlson, who's you know headed to the Hockey Hall of Fame when it's all said and done, 100-point season last year, uh, there's a lot of reason for excitement. And for me, the biggest reason for excitement is because you look at this Penguins' blue line now, Rod, and between him and Chris Letang, it's reasonable to think that two-plus periods of the game are going to have those two guys on the ice, one or the other. Um, so you, you have two just in, incredibly dynamic, uh, offensively gifted, but also really great skating and puck moving defensemen uh, that are both on that right side, one after the other, whether it's Carlson Latang or Latang Carlson, the options are there for Mike Sullivan. And I think that makes the Penguins a better team because they love to, um, you know, they love defensemen that can make that first pass and stretch the ice. Uh, those two guys do it incredibly well. And You know, what? quite honestly, they can also just drive the offense themselves and carry it the length of the ice as we've seen uh, both do time and time again. So um, the the options are plenty, and I I think the two guys that will be next to them, whether it's Ryan Graves and Chris Letang or Ryan Graves and Eric Carlson or Marcus Pedersen and Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen and Eric Carlson. Uh, those two guys are going to be shouldering a heavier load than they have in the past, but uh, I think that they're both up for it and that top four of the Penguins on paper looks really good and it starts to put the pieces in place that you hope will be not only a return to the postseason but maybe some success after that as well.
1: They know hockey in Pittsburgh obviously. They've had a team for a real long time, so they would know who Eric Carlson was. Could you just, I, I know you probably don't want to look back, but What was the feel in town when the trade was made? Because that's not a small tweak to a roster that missed the playoffs last year.
3: No, no, it's not. And I can tell you there were, you know, there were the rumors, I believe, right before the draft that something might go down. And even on the first day of uh, free agency uh, that Kyle Dubas was close to striking a trade with Mike Greer in the San Jose Sharks. But um, it kind of, you know, it it wasn't that it uh, dissipated. I think the excitement and the hope was there. Um, but you hadn't really heard anything for a few weeks, and you're starting to get into the dog days of August, and then all of a sudden, bang, that trade goes down on a Saturday. I believe it was the first Saturday of August, um, early in the month. And you look at the trade, first of all, when you see that kind of a move, you wonder what's going the other way because this is obviously, as we mentioned, a dynamic player, a player that changes the whole um, you know, perspective of your team, uh, honestly. And for the Penguins to move away what they felt were, you know, salaries that could not only help them in their cap situation, but also give other guys opportunities in their lineup. And Jeff Petrie and Jan Ruda and Mikhail Granlund and throw a couple picks in there, which are understandable, given what you're acquiring. I think you still look at that trade rod and it's not any question. The best player in the trade was Eric Carlson, the best player in the trades coming to the Penguins. So uh, it was masterfully done by Kyle Dubas and it really gave this team Uh, A serious shot in the arm of uh, excitement, but then also swagger, because you get a guy like Eric Carlson, he comes on board, and he just brings immediate credibility. He brings immediate respect, uh, and he, he changes a little bit of the dynamic behind closed doors in the dressing room, too, which is not always a bad thing, especially when, as you mentioned, you missed the playoffs last year.
1: Uh, no doubt since we're in training camp what are the stories how many jobs are open what are you watching this week and in the preseason
3: yeah you know what I, I gotta say this is this is as busy of a training camp as the Penguins have had probably in the last five or six years and I say that because there's a lot of jobs up for grabs. It's, you know, Carlson is here. You know, Riley Smith is here. Lars Eller is here. Noel Achari, Matt Nieto. There are a lot of additions by Kyle Dubas to his roster. But where I look around is, is there's certain positions that have the battles going on. And that's not always been the case the last couple of years. But for this Penguins team, you know, I mentioned the top four defensemen. There'll be some combination, if they're all healthy, of Ryan Graves, Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen, and Eric Carlson. That's set. It's just a matter of who's playing with who. This third defensive pair is where it gets a little interesting, and that's going to be one of the big... Competitions here in camp, you know, they brought in uh, Mark Pesic and Libor Hayek on PTOs, but they also have P.O. Joseph uh, Joseph, who had a really nice season last year as a his first full NHL year. Uh, Ty Smith, who came over a former first round pick from New Jersey and the John Marino deal. Uh, they have Chad Ruedel here who's always been a steady depth defenseman for the Penguins. Mark Friedman, ditto to that. Um, so there are pieces here that are battling for that spot. And then you go to the forward group, and I think it still needs to be decided as to what that bottom six is going to look like. And even in the top six, with no Jake Gensel for the first, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas has put the number at five games that he's hoping he misses. But even if it's five, that's two weeks of the season that you're into right there. Uh, They need to figure out who's going to be up Um, with Sidney Crosby to start the season based on what we saw today. And of course the caveat being it's day one uh, Vinny Hinestroza actually was the guy skating with Sidney Crosby and Brian Russ. So uh, there's a lot to still be decided. You haven't even played a preseason game yet. Um, But uh, those are those are some of the aspects of camp that make it a lot more intriguing as far as the competition and the, the spots up for grabs as you mentioned than maybe we'd seen in the past.
1: Well, that is a wonderful update, and Josh, uh, we'll let you get back to work. I appreciate the time, and when you come through sunrise, I'll give you a nudge in the press box. Have a great season.
3: Looking forward to it, Rod. We'll see you down there, and hopefully, we'll bring some sun with us. Although I don't know if we have to do that much work down there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Josh. Josh gets off the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be hey, the sun just came out here. How about that for the first time today? We'll be right back that? with a sports update. Yeah. Uh, The text line's open, 902-518-3033 for EMJ Marketing. We'll do some open line. World Series champion Greg Zahn coming up in hour two. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. everybody welcome back we're here for a good time not a long time in this segment and uh, pay attention it's going to get a little spicy here and i'm sorry to have to do this i'm sorry to have to do this but i do and i will and i just hang on one second from the text line emj marketing brings it to you they have the perfect keynote speaker for your event 902-518-3033 bomber boy in calgary he, he's fine. Bomber Boy in Calgary says the Pens have to stay 100% healthy and the Big Four have to n- have career years with all-star goaltending. Otherwise, who are they supplanting in the East? Good point, Bomber Boy, but that's how they play the games. Who expected New Jersey to do what they did last year? Or I should say that's why they play the games. Todd in Red Deer. This is the guy. And I know him personally, but Todd, you got to listen up to this. He writes in, hey, Rod, I agree 100% with your comments on Roy Shivers. I don't think many people remember how bad the riders were before Mr. Hobson came on. Then he hired Shivers and he hired Danny Barrett, and they led the riders out of the wilderness, both on and off the field. He deserves to be in the ring of honor. Love the show. Todd, I love your support, but you couldn't be more wrong. Your facts are wrong. And that's why I don't get in these debates. Roy Shivers was hired on Christmas Eve 1999 and shortly after hired Danny Barrett as his head coach. They lasted seven seasons together. Jim Hobson came in in 2005 and he fired Roy Shivers and then Danny Barrett. He did not hire them. They hate each other, okay? Again, please don't argue with me on Rough Riders history. And did I say this isn't the Rough Riders show? Because it's not. But if we're going to debate, and some would say argue, you got to have your facts right. Otherwise, we can't participate in the debate. How about this one? Corbin in Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Good morning, Rod. Corbin here from Sylvan Lake, kind of defending the people who say that coaches know everything because, sure, you can say that the Riders coaching staff got the quarterback situation right. But what about the Elks? you can't tell me that chris jones was right about trey ford being behind cornelius and Jarrett daggy in the depth chart and for how long it happened too you think jones keeps his job if they somehow make the playoffs he's keeping his job no matter what if they weren't firing him when they were 0 nine why would they fire him now number one number two if you know how football teams work and i saw this from chris jones firsthand He defers to his offensive coach because he's a defensive guy. Stephen McAdoo is his boy. He's a lieutenant in the Jones Army. McAdoo was the one who steadfastly wanted to play the other guy, Taylor Cornelius, but at 0-9, they had no choice. A change had to be made, pardon me. So they get McAdoo out as the offensive coordinator, move in Jarius Jackson. He was a Trey Ford guy. The guy there with blood on his hands in Edmonton is Stephen McAdoo. Everybody was pointing the finger at him, even my good friends like Eddie Steele. And that's kind of why I wonder why some people can say things and get away with it and others can't. But I also don't care anymore. As I said to Darren yesterday, I'm not at the end of my rope. I've let go of that rope. Who really cares anymore? We've got to say it the way that it is, and this is it. Jones always defers to the offensive Coaches. He's got enough to do on defense. That coach screwed up. So, yes, they do screw. I know what you're saying with the writer coaches. And all I'm saying is, no, a light did not go out, but it kind of looks like it, doesn't it? Maybe Todd's right that Dola Gala is better than Mason Fine. And if that's the case, hand in your resume at Mosaic Stadium, but the coaches deemed otherwise. Stephen from North Dakota writes in and says, Greetings and no hallucinations from sunny 11 degrees, Juneau, North Dakota. Is that Celsius? I sure hope so. He says, Will the Giants have a giant win over the 49ers tonight? We'll talk about ne- next hour and get into more of your questions and comments after this brief pause on Game Plus and WQEE Radio.